Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 29th of August of 2021 for historical context. I'm going to be discussing proton pump inhibitors and COVID-19 today. And I would like to say that I'm going to be using four different articles that are available on the show notes. And as always, as a disclaimer, this is not medical advice. This is just a topic of conversation and me breaking down the data, but I do recommend you read the data for yourself and do not trust me. Why do I always have to say that? Anyway, those lawyers. Anyway, so there's some issues with COVID-19 patients when they're hospitalized. First, they receive high doses of corticosteroids, which have an association in some studies to GI bleeds. In addition to that, some institutions are pulling the trigger and giving full-dose anticoagulation to COVID patients with either heparin, anoxaparin, which is also Lovenox, or they use some sort of Xarelto aliquis or something of that nature. To mitigate the concern of upper GI bleeds, many clinicians have started putting people on GI prophylaxis to avoid causing peptic ulcer disease, uh, gastric ulcers, and upper GI bleeds in these already super sick people. To mitigate this problem in some way, shape, or form, and appropriately and appropriately so, excuse me, I can't speak, many clinicians have started using proton pump inhibitors such as omeprazole, pentoprazole, and others of its cousins to help avoid, avoid the incidence of GI bleeds. I really can't speak right now. But what if the PPI that we're giving our patients is actually doing more harm than good to our patients? And that's the purpose of this podcast is, and it's because I actually reviewed the literature to see if I could tease out an answer to that question. You see, to start off with looking at how COVID behaves with PPIs, you have to go back to our history. And there was a study that was published by Almerio, which is down in the show notes. And he looked back at other studies looking at acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus one and he found what well, he didn't find he found the paper kind of like what i'm doing right now where it stated that a patient who has a ph of less than or equal to three in the stomach well it did not inactivate that particular strain of coronavirus a normal gastric ph however does inactivate acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus one and so the reason why we care about this is that although the main place where we contract the SARS-CoV-2 virus is through the respiratory mucosa, we could also get it through the GI tract. And if our pH is too low, well, then that's going to cause a problem for us and help us contract the virus a little bit easier. The fact that the virus could get into the body through the GI tract explains why people have GI symptoms such as gastritis, enteritis, as well as colitis. And this occurs through the angiotensin converting enzyme 2 receptor. This also explains why SARS-CoV-2 has been found in people's stool. So therefore, in the Almerio study, which again is down in the show notes, which took place in the outpatient setting, they found that patients who were taking PPIs had an increased odds of, reported, of reporting being positive for COVID-19. They didn't find that patients on H2 blockers had the same risk. So what they found was if a patient was taking a PPI once a day, their odds of catching COVID are higher than the general population if they're taking it either once a day or twice a day with an odds ratio of 2.15 and 3.65 respectively. Obviously, this states that 
their limitation states that the study does not offer the evidence of causation, you know, for that you need a prospective trial. But nonetheless, um, it shows that patients who are on PPI were more likely to actually catch COVID. So in December of 2020, there was a study published by Herianto, and he stated there, he and his team, of course, state that, quote, the use of proton pump inhibitors seems to be associated with an enhanced risk of severity and mortality from COVID-19 infection. The reasons for this include that, quote, profound hyperchloridia, which means decrease in chloride, can diminish the protective effect of gastric acid, end quote, and, quote, increase in gastric microbiota and small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. In addition, he states, quote, the fecal-oral route has been raised as one of the many potential modes of transmission for COVID-19, and, quote, suppression of gastric acid may increase the survival of SARS-CoV-2 in the stomach and increase the ability of the virus to inj- invade the GI epithelial cells. So what does this all mean? It means that, quote, this can increase the viral load, which in turn results in a higher chance of developing cytokine storm and severe outcome of the disease. Due to this argument and this rationale, coupled along with a meta-analysis using retrospective and case control data aimed at looking at severity and mortality, the authors were able to conclude that when it comes to both severe disease and mortality, the use of PPI increases the risk of these two. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Adding to the body of evidence, Lee, spelled L-E-E, Again, down in the show notes, go download the article for yourself. He and his team published a Korean, a Korean national-wide, nationwide, excuse me, cohort study with propensity matching in January of 2021, so earlier this year. And there they looked at the relationship between PPIs and COVID-19. What was funny here is that unlike the Almerio study where they found that patients on PPIs had a greater risk of catching COVID-19, here the Korean population did not have that problem. The problem they did have, however, was in patients who had been on PPIs for less than 30 days and contracted COVID. In this particular subset of the population, they found that being on PPIs for less than 30 days increased the odds of their composite endpoint, which included admission to the ICU, invasive ventilation, or death. And that increased it by 90%. So again, to reiterate, a little bit more plain language directly from me. If the patient had been on PPIs for less than 30 days and they got COVID, it increased their odds of dying by 90%. Well, it increased the odds of the composite endpoint of admission to the ICU, invasive ventilation, or death by 90%. Let me clarify that. So to wrap it all up and put the nail in the coffin, Lee, this time spelled with an LI, completely different study that's available in the show notes, conducted a meta-analysis that should be published next month. Obviously, I got a hold of the preprint where they looked at how a PPI can affect outcomes in COVID-19 patients. When it comes to patients who have chronic or regular use of PPI, 
there is a 67% increase odds of severe outcomes. And there was also a trend, which was not statistically significant, for these patients to stay in the hospital longer. So wrapping this up and finishing this podcast uh, with the next couple minutes, what does this all mean? Well, we don't want to cause harm to our patients, and we don't want them to have bleeds out of their GI tract. So my personal take is that if a patient needs, and again, this is not medical advice, but if a patient needs, quote, GI prophylaxis, end quote, which is debatable to some extent in the first place, then we should not be using a PPI in COVID-19 patients, but rather using H2 blockers instead. Now, if a patient's been on a PPI for a long time now, and they're admitted with COVID-19, it's likely safe to continue using it based on my interpretation of the data, but I could be wrong. Then again, this is not medical advice, and this is kind of an entryway if you want to go down this rabbit hole like I already did myself. Overall, I just want to say thank you to everybody who to who's listening to this podcast, and I really, really appreciate your support. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Bye.